0: 1986, Whitney Houston started a run, number one, on the U.S. Singles Chart with Greatest Love of All, originally recorded by George Benson. Greatest Love of All, sung by the greatest singer of all, Whitney Houston. And Powers of the LA Times referred to Houston as a national treasure. And who at some stage hasn't of late in the evening, in front of complete strangers, sung, I Believe, The Children Are Our Future?, Teach them well, Nick Leggett, <laughs> and let them lead the way. What do y- you reckon, yes, Nick?
1: could have been guilty of that, I suspect.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah. Show them all the beauty they possess inside.
1: Oh, oh, that's
2: just such a cheesy song. It's not my favourite Whitney.
0: Isn't it? No. Well, speaking of the beauty they possess inside, a lot of feedback about Martha Stewart. Gosh. Yeah. A lot. Go, Martha. (laughs) Clever businesswoman and a model at 81. And all that means with touch-ups. James says, think of any famous 81-year-old men. How many would be asked to pose with their shirts off and stubbies? Good point. Yeah. Wallace, you're a middle-aged man. You're so tone-deaf to this Martha Stewart discussion, says Pip. Um, Nikki, all models are Photoshopped of any age.
2: That's true. I just think, why do we have to do it um, at all? When we all women of all ages are subjected to impossible and unachievable, clearly if they're photoshopped, beauty standards. So why do we just perpetuate that with our old people as well? It's just like oh.
0: Okay. Oh my goodness, nipped, tucked, photoshopped. I would say. Have not read the article. The pics put me off. Uh, Yeah, lot of response. Uh, Well, yeah, huge response actually. Might even return to that (laughs) Uh, on Friday afternoon. But to this. The National Water Regulator has turned down an application for Christchurch's water to be exempt from chlorine. Chlorination was made mandatory for reticulated water supplies recently unless an exception is granted by the regulator. Christchurch City Council applied for an exemption in October last year and Mayor Phil Major said he was outraged to learn it had not been granted, reports RNZ. Staff would begin adding the chemical from today. Now the issue came to a head with Havelock North's Campylobacter water outbreak uh, in 2016 where 45 people were hospitalised, four died. Without chlorine, the World Health Organisation says people would be exposed to diseases that can range from unpleasant to fatal and crippling. And with us to discuss this is water NZ Chief Executive Gillian Blythe. Kia ora Gillian. Kia ora, Wallace. Now, you support the issue of Chlorination. I think it's really um, important
3: for us all to acknowledge that all of us throughout the country want to be able to drink safe drinking water, um, and to be able to have that, we need to have multiple barriers to prevent contamination. Um, and th- as you said in your introduction, one of the one of the ways in which that happens is you provide chlorine um, as a residual disinfectant because it's really good at killing bugs that can right. be you know, really good at killing us. So we want to be able to make sure that you've got that barrier um, right the way to the tap um, so that you and I can drink healthy water in the morning.
0: Yeah, and okay. we did extend an invitation, by the way, to um, have uh, the Christchurch mayor on the show this afternoon. Why then, if it's so, and citing what the World Health Organization says, and there's no look, there's no real surprise internationally. Eh? The uh, I guess the benefits chlorine has some uh, coming through will disagree here. So why the hesitancy? Do you think?
3: I mean, I can't talk for Christchurch, um, yeah. so if we can talk about this in the more the generic sense. yeah, I, I think you know, when, when there is a change, um, you know, when there's a change of law, there is a need for people to get used to um, and to understand that concept. Um, certainly, if you look at um, you know, the general state of the water infrastructure um, across the country, because our pipes are underneath the ground, most people don't think about water from one day to the next. Um, and, I, and I think the conversations that we've been having more recently around that we need to spend a lot of money to improve our infrastructure to address, for example, you know the fact that leaks of our, in our water networks are at, say, 20% across the country. And if you think about the context of why you put chlorine in, is that if something can get out of a pipe, there's a risk that something can get into a pipe. And that's the sort of the issue that we're talking about in the context of chlorine, about wanting to make sure that we've got protections all the way through your network, up to your tap, such that we're drinking safe drinking water. Nikki Bazan. I think what you're
2: saying is very sensible. I I don't um, see an issue here. I'd much rather have chlorine than campylobacter, personally. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, maybe this is
3: a taste issue. What is the actual objection on the part of the Christchurch people? I mean, again, not being able to talk for Christchurch because um, that's something that, that the mayor is far more well-versed in, in, in his community. But one of the, one of the um, pieces that sometimes gets raised is that it, sometimes it might taste different or it might smell different. And I guess the bit to remember is that um, if that is occurring, it's because the chlorine has been doing something. It's been reacting with organic matter in that pipe, or in that reservoir, or in that water tank that's, you know, looking after the water before it gets, you know, distributed to your house and mine, um, and that, you know, it, it, it's it's done something. It's doing know, its job. The, yes, you know, so it's interesting.
0: It's, it's doing All right, Nick, let's bring you in, and also too, as a as a former mayor too. I mean, did you have these issues with your constituents regarding um, robust conversations? Around chlorination? No. um, The old fluoride debate uh,
1: reared its head uh, now and again. But look, we have a new water regulator and new water regulations for a reason. It's about having high, consistent standards across the country to keep people healthy and safe. Now, I know that Cantabrians value their water and they think that it tastes better than than other parts of the country. Um, I guess. I, I, I mean, I think Gillian has summed the situation up uh, superbly. Um, this is uh, disinfection um, of drinking water with chlorine is regarded as one of the most significant public health interventions um, of the 20th century. So I think that um, we're on solid ground in supporting this. I am interested to know, though, are Cantabria, have Cantabrians had more waterborne diseases, or are there, are there health impacts as a result of not having their water chlorinated to date?
3: Um, I think one of the difficulties with getting that sort of data is that um, you know the, the level of um, unwellness will will range from you know I've got a upset stomach, yes. but I'm not necessarily linking it to a water issue, yes. to to ending up in hospital uh, or potentially dying, and yeah. so. Part of it is about how do you collect that data mm. um, in practice. But I think it's around, you know, needing to focus on what you get from having chlorine in the water is you get that barrier, you get that, that um, you know, protection. Yes. And that's what ultimately the Tamata Arawai, the, the National Water Regulator, is... Um, you know, wanting to be reassured that water suppliers throughout the country can provide safe drinking water.
0: Yeah, uh, we had, we talked about this when the, uh, I mean it was a terrible case wasn't it, the Havelock North water outbreak um, and I was on Sunday morning uh, then and we had Professor Michael Baker you know, most mm. known for his work in COVID but actually um, uh, a lot of research around water public supply, he was saying that an event like Havelock North was unlikely to happen on the scale again because of an almost universal disinfection of water supplies using chlorination. So um, uh, we can use examples like Havelock North uh, and other ones actually to point the way forward uh, uh, for, for the reasons why indeed we might chlorinate.
3: We certainly can. I don't think it's, you know, worldwide there are um, examples. But there were cases in, in New Zealand before Havelock North, you know, Darfield, Queenstown, um, you know, a number of, of cases. And, you know, I think we've got to, it's one of the reasons we're having the conversations about, you know, improving our water infrastructure is that we know that, you know, if you've got 20% of leaks, you know, that's, we're losing a lot of water and there is a real risk of contamination as a consequence.
0: Very good to have you on the program, Gillian Kioto. That's uh, Water N Z yeah. chief executive Gillian Bly. Someone says, hey, "Why didn't you talk to the Christchurch mayor about it?" Well, we did ask. We uh, uh, extended an invitation for. Um, Phil to come on the program uh, it is the panel RNZ National we have Nikki Pizant and Nick Leggett I didn't ask you by the way because we are collecting um, the budget wish list from around the country this afternoon to spice it in whether it be free dental care a flat 18% tax for all a ring-fenced pothole fund a wealth tax whatever it is Text me or email me the panel at rnz.co.nz, and we'll splice it through tomorrow's budget show. But I haven't asked the panel. Do you have a <laughs> do, you, do you have a budget wish list, Nikki? I can see I should have thought about this a bit more
2: carefully. I don't have any expectations that there'll be anything in the budget for me, uh, but I would love so the, the, the listeners are coming up with some pretty good suggestions. I would love to see some some innovation in health, and I think that uh, a really hefty. Amount of money going towards a women's health strategy, which is currently being developed, would be amazing. Prioritizing women's health. Uh, I, I love the dental care idea. I think that would be amazing because I've got some dental work that I need doing, which I have been putting off and putting off again. Because of the cost.
0: Because of the cost. Oh.
2: Yeah, it's so frustrating. And that's even harder. It's a worry, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Because it'll be, if you're, if you're putting it off, it's going to be two grand.
2: Oh, it's going to be that anyway. Um, what? It's, it's a crown. But, but Okay, gosh. right. You know, Nick. So that would be a good one. Endorse that
1: one. Yeah, I, I guess I'm at a lucky point in my life where I'm not thinking about um, me, uh, but obviously uh, thinking about community and children uh, and education. Um, would love to see a focus on. Uh, the physical part, you know, the the, the, the the built parts of our education system, but also the teachers um, being resourced to, and 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 paid well. Um, we, uh, from a from a more of a professional perspective, I think we need really we need funded projects, not just announcements or business cases. We need actual multi-year. Um, beyond one political cycle, uh, commitments to, to really good infrastructure. If you think about Auckland, light rail isn't funded, the Auckland Harbour Crossing isn't funded, let's get well into okay. moving, isn't funded. That's a big wish list. Good on you, Nick. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. Uh, a bit of, bit of pushback on chlorine. Megan says, I, I, I lived in Auckland and Christchurch. Our glacial-fed rivers are unique. I don't want chlorination. Auckland water tasted disgusting by comparison. When I lived there, says Megan, who definitely does not want chlorination.
2: Oh, I'm drinking a glass of Auckland water right now, and it tastes absolutely fine. Are you sure? Well, it came out of the tap here at RNZ, Edwards.
0: The struggles of our health sector are no secret. Understaffed, overworked, something has to be done. Well, yesterday at the University of Waikato Professor of Population Health, Ross Lawrenson published a piece about this issue and he argues that our lack of planning for the future health workforce is responsible for staffing shortages and says that we should be following the UK's lead and opening more medical Schools With us is Professor Ross Lawrenson. Professor, welcome. Thank you. For for context, this is is a long-running debate, isn't it? But I find it a really interesting one, the fact that we need another medical school and this one in the Waikato. What would be the effect if we did
4: Well, I think the shortage of um, doctors has has been a long-running issue and the fact that we are dependent on importing our doctors. We imported over 1,200 doctors last year to meet the country's needs. So opening a new medical school is not going to solve tomorrow's problems, but we need to plan for the future. Um,
0: Yep. Yeah, and I was going to say, Ross... um is it realistic? Is it realistic to open uh, an, uh, an entirely new infrastructure, a new school and not just change the caps on Auckland and Otago?
4: Oh, I think <laughs> it's entirely realistic. Um, you know, We are, uh, only have two medical schools. If you look at Ireland, they have six. If you look at you know, similar countries, wow. they all have five or six. Um, and um, so... It's not a matter of is it um, achievable. It's you know it's a um, policy decision, but you know we need to understand that both Auckland and Otago, by world standards, are very large medical schools, um, and there is a limit um, to um, continuing to increase their size. Okay, uh, and interesting. The other option is another medical school.
0: All right, So Ireland, Nicky Bazan has six medical schools. We have two.
2: Yeah, that's surprising to me, yeah. So, so we clearly do need to help plug some of those gaps. I wonder, though, could some of the gaps be plugged also, as well as with doctors, but by putting some, some resource into training, for example, nurse practitioners um, or health coaches, you know, these kinds of supportive uh, medical professionals who could help with prevention as well as just treating people all the time. We have to sort of think about the system as a whole.
0: Ross? yes absolutely
4: and you know the University of Waikato has already started a nurse practitioner program uh, in order to do that um, and uh, I had discussions the other day with the water around the idea of reintroducing physician assistant roles um, but you know at the end of the day we are still increasing our doctor numbers um, by almost 600 every year last year we increased them by 850. We're retiring at least three, uh, 300 doctors a year, plus you know, some are going overseas, um, and we're only training 550. So the demand is inexorable. Um, we've got an ageing population, increasing demand, and we're going to need more doctors.
0: Nick?
1: Yes, I, I mean, I just recognise, firstly, that we're importing a whole lot of people across different, employment categories at the moment and, and that's that's where we're at as a country and, and obviously the medical profession, is, profession is, is, is yet another. I mean, I do mourn the loss of the GP that I knew, you know, that delivered me, um, you know, when he retired mm. uh, three or four years ago yeah. um, and it seems as though, you know, that things are changing in the system but I, I, I'm interested, Ross, in your comment on let's, you know, is it also we actually have to generate those learners and students from a very young age that are interested and capable and educated to study medicine in greater numbers?
4: Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, some of the um, lack of diversity in our medical student intake is because of a lack of opportunities in in some of our schools for doing science and a lot of students not being able to do science uh, courses um, from year 10 onwards that um, will help them get through into the medical program. So, I mean, I th- think that is a you know, really important point, that, um, you know, we need a pipeline um, into these um, training posts. Just but finally, I, I, I still think we have got students out there with the capability to do yes, medicine. We've got 100 a year who are going to Australia to train in medicine because they can't get into medical schools in New Zealand. So, yeah,
0: um, yeah just finally, Ross, is there something in a Waikato medical school that can uniquely address needs that others couldn't?
4: Well, I think our proposal has always been for a graduate entry program, so that that um, you know, would be a four-year program, so that would turn out doctors quicker than you know the current system. Um, and, yeah. I think that by having it placed in a in a high needs area. Um, you know, students who come into the program are more likely to stay locally and, and practice locally. Um, and that's really been the experience of the UK and Canada, and why they've placed their new programs in, in areas of highest need. We have 7% less doctors uh, in our region than, than uh, those areas where they've got medical programs.
0: Thank you very uh, much for your... um. challenge. Yeah, thanks for raising the issue Ross and uh, I'm sure that we'll return to this. Thank you Wallace. Uh, topic hope the we, yeah. 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 we hope uh, there that,
4: will be funding in the budget for tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the watch list from Professor Ross Lawrence in there a new uh, medical school in the Waikato. Now, just some news to hand here. Acting Wellington District Commander Inspector Dion Bennett says no one has been arrested but there are people of interest. People are treating the investigation as a homicide. Um, And they are now treating the fire as arson. Uh, So that is the latest we have for you on the fires. No doubt you'll hear a lot more about this issue on Checkpoint with Lisa Owen. Stay, as always, with RNZ National. Uh, And gosh, before I go to our next guest, can I just say a huge response regarding Martha Stewart. As Nikki stated, she's a multi-millionaire business mogul who presumably knows her own mind. Yet the panel seems to think she's a helpless victim who's been taken advantage of.
2: No, I don't think that. No, I, don't I don't think, think anybody think. thought that. I, I think that the way that they have styled and shot and presented her in the magazine is a disservice to her.
0: Graham says, I do not buy that she did not have ultimate approval of the spread. Yet the panel seems unwilling to give Martha any respect for what would have been her choice. She might have.
1: Who knows? I don't think we covered her choice, actually. Of course she had choice. Um, it it's, was more commenting on
0: the way she was represented, I think, and how concerning okay. that was. Yep, very good. Now, with all this news about Gore, I got to thinking, Gore must be so much more than a highly dysfunctional council, which looks now to be turning a new corner. And so I asked, what is good about the Saint-Tropez of the South? Uh, With us is Jessica Swan, the Gore District Council Events Coordinator. Jessica, lovely to have you on the program.
5: Thank you for having me.
0: Jessica, give me, Wallace Chapman, one great reason to come to Gore.
5: Oh, well, we've got a country music festival in two weeks, which is 10 days. It's New Zealand's largest country music festival called Bailey's Tusset Country. Um, so I'd start right there. I'm a bit biased because I'm the events coordinator, but we kind of call ourselves the events capital of Southland, and we have some really incredible events for a small town. Like We are really punching above our weight. Um, so first and foremost, events. We've got the MLT Hockney Fashion Design Awards and Oh, July. that's right,
0: the, yeah, the fashion, yep.
5: Yeah. what? Fashion? We have fashion. It's been going for a while, actually, hasn't really it? Cool. Yeah, last can, year the ticket sold out in 13 minutes.
0: <laughs> really? No way. Jessica, can I ask you, how long have you lived there?
5: Two years now. Fr- and
0: from originally where?
5: Family's originally from the UK, but in New Zealand, Wellington.
0: Okay, so so what brought you to Gore?
5: Love. <laughs> it's cheesy as that is. Oh. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. <laughs> and uh, two years in, you enjoying Gore?
5: I do, yeah. It's a really cute place. Um, not to undermine it, but it's just very pretty. There's lots of parks and in springtime it's just full of flowers and blossoms. It's gorgeous.
0: And that is what our many listeners have been testing us about and emailing us, Jessica, the actual beauty of it. Nick Leggett, have you been to Gore? Of
1: course. course. Um, I was there just a few weeks ago and I really like Gore. I mean it's um, you know, don't forget the trout um, but it's also really green and the people are friendly and of course the, you know, the country music, not that I've been to that, but I, you know, it's, it's on the map, right? I mean, I just think Southland and South Otago are fantastic parts of New Zealand and they don't get um, the credit they deserve. There are lots of things to do, there's beautiful scenery um, and great outdoor stuff, and gore is kind of at the heart of that. So, and that um, is why no, we're talking you? about it on the yeah. panel,
0: Nikki Bizant, because I'm ashamed to say, uh, did I say this? absolutely ashamed, should I even be saying this, I have never been to Gore Jessica
1: Didn't you live in Dunedin for years? I know That is appalling Wallace That is
0: appalling That's made me feel better (laughs) That's made me feel better because
2: my confession is that I had to look up on the map to see where Gore was because I didn't think I could point it out on a map I have never been either but my excuse is that I've always lived in the North Island and in the north of the North Island so mm, I can see that it's a little cooler down there than we're used to here in the north uh any tips on what to wear jessica and are there lots of nice warm like hot pools or anything like that down there
5: I wish there were hot pools down here <laughs> um, layers. I was Bus- Business opportunity, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I got to put on a plug yeah. because I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I do want to make a pilgrimage, Jessica, because there is one place uh, which really uh, many things punch me above their weight and gore, But one is the Eastern South Art Gallery. You have quite the collection, particularly of Ralph Hotery.
5: Yes. Yes, we do. We're very proud of our art gallery. Yeah. Um, I'm not the most knowledgeable about art myself, but I do like to go in there because they've got some incredible sculptures right at the end. Um, an overseas private collection. I can't remember who they're from, but they're just fascinating to look at and kind of... You just keep going. You think it's a small little place, but you keep going and going and going, and it's got an incredible collection.
0: Yeah, the the John Money collection. Here's one. Gore is friendly, great weather, affordable housing, has awesome community facilities, including a skating rink, swimming pool, parks, cafes, a new library, great preschools, high schools. Where do I stop? I love living in Gore. So uh, we are just recorrecting the balance here on the panel this afternoon, Jessica, and we're saying... It's way more than a dysfunctional council. Gore has something going for it.
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, politics is really only a small part of it. Your day-to-day life is hardly affected by it. And it's just, it's a lovely atmosphere. It's an easy pace of life. And there's lots of interesting niche attractions here. Like we've got the Tiger Moth for aviation. and We've got the fly fishing. We've got just really cool things that people just put their passion and their life and their love into. And there's room for it, and like you said, housing's affordable. So you know, I never could have bought a house in Wellington, but now I'm living in my own home. Um,
0: Jessica, so
5: Jessica, start. you're go almost
0: go. you're almost selling me. It might she even be me. a move to God for the Chapman family. You never know. <laughs> Jessica, you, sure you should. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki uh, Nick Ligger, thanks for being with me. Budget day tomorrow. Email me your budget wish list, please. The paddle at rnz.co.nz. I'll see you then. Checkpoint with Lisa Owen is next.